today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Does your strength come from the Lord or does your strength come from yourself? If it comes from yourself, you're going to be tired. You're going to be worn out. But God, through the Holy Spirit, can strengthen you. We must not let our physical condition rob you of God's spiritual blessings. Don't let your physical conditions rob you of what God wants to do in and through you and to bring glory to His name. In today's message, Pastor Eric reminds us of the human side of Jesus. He too found himself tired and in need of rest. He knows how exhausting life can be. He experienced it. However, when Jesus was tired, he turned to God to restore his energy. Jesus kept on ministering wherever the need arose, with God as his strength. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of his message entitled, Lessons from Samaria, part two. John chapter four, as we continue our study through the book of John, the gospel according to John, we saw that Jesus had departed from Judea and is headed into Galilee. And so the route that the Jews would normally take to go to Galilee was to cross the Jordan River and go around a certain region of land. And the region of land was called Samaria. The Jews did not want to go through there because they despised the people of Samaria. The people of Samaria were half-breeds. They intermixed with the people of the nations of the lands and the people just were prejudiced against them. Although Samaria was the quicker, direct route, that's where most of your GPSs would take you through. And so they probably turned them off so they wouldn't hear that annoying voice, rerouting, rerouting. <laughs> yeah, that's where Jesus is heading. But the thing with Jesus is that he didn't bypass Samaria. He had to go. He had to go through Samaria In fact, verse 4 of John 4 says, but he needed to go through Samaria. And we learned last week that need was because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was guiding him to go. And like I said, even though it was not the traditional way, Jesus was obedient and he followed the obedience of the Holy Spirit to Samaria. And not only Jesus, but Jesus took his disciples with him. So I'm sure that they were uncomfortable in this travel, but they were following Christ Oh, what a great lesson that is for us, huh? When we're uncomfortable, that we can keep our eyes on Christ and He will take us through and He will get us through those uncomfortable times. And so we learned last week, though, with all that, with Jesus going into Samaria, that God has no borders. He doesn't care about what region is. He doesn't care about the group of people, if they're different from you or not. He wants Jesus to be known to them. And Jesus had that same heart of God. He wanted to present the promise of God, which was Him, the Messiah. And He went. Nothing holding Him back. And so God doesn't have borders as we should not have borders as well. And I pray that you look through the lenses of the Holy Spirit versus the lenses of the flesh. I know that's difficult sometimes. It's very difficult. But it's worth it. It's worth being obedient to God wherever He takes you, you guys. And so I titled the message again today. It's Lessons from Samaria, Part 2. We will be continuing our lessons that God has for us in chapter 4. We're going to be studying verses 6 through 26. 
We're going to be looking at four areas, and those four areas are this. Number one, tired but yet still ready. Tired but yet still ready. Uh, Number two, overlooking tradition. Number three, being satisfied. And number four, our last point is not here to argue but to save. Not here to argue but to save. Well, let's pick up in verse 6, okay? So Jesus has come into... I'll start in verse 5. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And here we see, tired but yet still ready, We're going to see him tired. Jesus was tired, you guys. Can you imagine Jesus Christ being tired physically? But here is an example of Jesus being like us in the flesh. He was walking, he was journeying, and he was tired. He was exhausted. The word weary can translate to the word exhausted. And so he goes and he sits by this uh, well physically. And in verse 7, it says, A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. So he is exhausted. He is sitting by a well. But this exhausting feeling that has come upon him did not stop him from doing his father's work. Did not stop him from fulfilling the father's will. And there are moments, you guys, where we can relate to Jesus. Are there times where you guys are exhausted? When you're tired, you just are just tired. And we all go through physical tiredness. And those times, though, you guys, we must remember that our physical condition must not hinder us from doing the Father's business. Because here's the thing, you guys, is God is still doing the same work that He was doing in the days of Jesus. We have not changed from Jesus. He was both God and man. And so he understood the tiredness and all the things that come with the human flesh. But God has not changed from that time. And so as we're going to see within these verses, God equipped, he strengthened Jesus to speak to this woman, to minister to her. Just as he will strengthen you. I believe that God will strengthen you. Do you believe that God will strengthen you? physically, spiritually, however you are tired, may we cry out to the Lord of the heaven and the earth and cry out to God and ask Him for His strength. Because here's the thing, you guys, that Jesus is here today. Jesus is present today. What do you mean He's present today? Is He present physically? No, but He's present because He is in you, in those who believe in His name. He indwells you. So therefore, Jesus Christ is present today. So Jesus is continuing to do His ministry. His ministry lives on today. It didn't stop back in the old days of the Bible. Jesus' ministry is still moving. And this work is going through God's Holy Spirit. Yes, we see that Jesus had the physical body of a man. And He was tired. But it didn't stop him from ministering to the people to who God had placed before him. Because remember in verse 4, he needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go there. 
And if God leads you to go somewhere, if you're needing to go somewhere for God, know that God is going to equip you to minister to those people, to love them, to do the Father's business. He is going to equip you. I think of Jesus and his ministry, and I think of all the times that he went off alone to get some rest. And rest is good, you guys. To rest is biblical. God wants us to rest. God rested. But Jesus was always sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit to continue to be about his Father's business. An example of this is in Matthew, in chapter 14, verse 14, when Jesus went to be alone, he withdrew from his disciples. But when he did that, the multitudes of people came towards him. And the verse in Matthew says that Jesus was moved with compassion. Instead of focusing on his tiredness and on himself, he was open for God to speak and move and minister through him. And when his eyes looked out, he didn't see like a burden. He saw compassion. He saw compassion. And many of us, we need to have those eyes. We need to have that heart. We need to have a heart of compassion. May we not look at people ever as a burden but through the lenses of God and look at them with compassion as God sees them and how he loves them. Because I understand that we get tired. I understand that we get physically exhausted. And I understand the importance of rest, and so did Jesus. But we must be like Jesus and be open to do the Father's business at and in every condition that we are in. When God puts people before you, He will give you the strength to minister to them, just as he did when Jesus was tired. And to me, I can relate to that because back when we were going into the prisons, this is a few years ago, we were doing two services, and then we would go to the prison and then do another service. That's a lot, you guys, (laughs) to be ministering, to be sharing, and to be preaching. And I always remembered what my pastor told me. He told me, Eric, God will strengthen you. He will not let you go into this tired. He will strengthen you and he will overflow you and he will speak through you. Just be willing. And I think that is so true because it happened. I mean, to the point where I'm in the car ride and my eyes are like sleeping, you know, and I'm driving by those bumps on the road. I'm not kidding, but (laughs) I'm just tired. But sure enough, when you go in and you start doing the work of God, he energizes you. He's the best energizing drink a person could ever have. You might rely on monster, but we should rely on the Holy Spirit to fill us and to charge us because that's what he does. The Apostle Paul understood this as well, though. He understood that he could be strengthened by God. In Philippians 4.13, I believe many of us know it, so let's say it together, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he just got done sharing about all the things that have gone into his life, you know, and being content. And so he knows where his strength comes from. Do you know where your strength comes from? Does your strength come from the Lord or does your strength come from yourself? If it comes from yourself, you're going to be tired. You're going to be worn out. But God, through the Holy Spirit, can strengthen you. We must not let our physical condition rob you of God's spiritual blessings. Don't let your physical conditions rob you of what God wants to do in and through you and to bring glory to His name. 
So Jesus was tired, but yet he was ready. He even asked the woman to give me a drink. And so we're going to continue on in verse 7 through 9. Because here we're going to see in this passage, overlooking tradition. So and again in verse 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And so here we see the scene. It was about 12 o'clock noon, the heat of the day. They're both at the well. The woman is coming to the well at an unusual hour. Most of the women who would come and draw water would come early in the morning. But she's going at the heat of the day, noon. And it's just her and Jesus. And Jesus says, give me a glass of water. Give me something to drink. Because the disciples weren't there. They had gone. They were probably hungry because they went to get food. Jesus was probably hungry. And so the disciples had left. It was just Jesus and this woman. And he looks to the woman and says, I need something to drink. Give me a drink. And the woman's response, first of all, I had to throw her back to hear a Jewish man ask her for a drink of water. And she's like, why are you a Jewish man asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink of water. This just doesn't make sense to me. Because remember the traditions. The Jews and the Samaritans, they were not mingling with each other. They separated from each other. This was unheard of. Remember the traditional route was to go around Samaria for the Jews. She had to have been caught by surprise. Why is this Jewish man being civil to me? Why is he speaking to me? This is just tripping me out. (laughs) And also, as we look at this passage, just to look into this, not only was she a Samaritan, but she was a woman. See, rabbis at this time, you guys, they wouldn't even speak to their own wife in public. They wouldn't even speak to women in public in general, not even his own wife. Rabbis would not speak to a woman in public. But yet our rabbi, Jesus, the teacher, is asking and speaking to this woman. For Jesus to ask water from a person that Jews declared as an outcast, and then for him to have a conversation with a woman alone is off the charts. It is totally just... Crazy in the eyes of man in these days. To you and I, it's like no big deal, right? But here, Jesus is getting outside the box. He's getting outside the box for a Jewish man. And so I look at this and I see that tradition is being overlooked. And what is tradition? Tradition. Do you guys have traditions? Well, there's many traditions even in the church today. What is tradition? Well, tradition is this. It's defined as the handing down of statements, beliefs, legends, customs, information, etc., you guys, from generation to generation, especially by word of mouth or by practice. Tradition is also a long-established or an inherited way of thinking or acting. Now, I know that we all have traditions, 
Especially of those that are being passed down by our family members. Generation to generation. Those things that are being practiced. But the thing is, you guys, is when we have tradition, we are limited. When you have tradition, you are limited. Traditions are great, but it brings limitations. Because when we get caught up in tradition, we can miss new and exciting things. We miss those things because what are we doing? We're focusing on what we've always done. Always. And so you can miss out on a new exciting things. Maybe, just thinking right now, you know, a tradition that many of us practice is Christmas. Where you wake up early and you go and you open up presents and stuff like that. You might have been doing it for 40, 50 years of your life. But maybe one, one Christmas, maybe it would be amazing to go outside the box and then go, go serve at a soup kitchen or go do this for somebody else. Or maybe not even take gifts, but have your family give gifts to your neighbors and see them open up the gifts that morning. Whatever it may be, the idea is that we are robbing ourselves of something new if we're stuck in tradition. Because operating in tradition can lead into complacency. God, you guys, has asked us to keep learning. Because if we're operating in complacency, that means that growth has stopped. If you're complacent, that means that you're not growing. You're good with where you're at. I've arrived. (laughs) I'm here. This is great. I don't have to move on anymore. I don't have to pursue anything in my relationship with God. I know the Bible. I know all the stories. I don't need to keep on living. I have my traditions. I go to church. I take communion. I go to men's Bible study or women's Bible study. I serve in the church. All these things are my tradition. I am good to go. I don't have to grow. I'm complacent. But God has asked us, you guys, to keep learning Because when you learn, you grow. When you learn, when you take in information, when you take in understanding, you grow. And don't you know that you grow even in your times of failing? You can learn from those things. And you can learn from your mistakes. But so many of us don't want to try and to grow because we're afraid of failing. Why are you afraid of failing? You fear of what people are going to say? Oh, you're a failure? Well, who cares? (laughs) God has got you on a path. He is growing you. You're going to fail. Why are you going to fail? Because you're human. But if we are just stuck in tradition, if we get so comfortable and complacent, then we're not going to grow. Proverbs says this, chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. She is speaking of what? Wisdom. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So God, in his book, Proverbs, is telling us that we need to get understanding. We need to get wisdom. But the thing is, is when we get caught up in tradition, when tradition comes in, you stop learning. You stop getting wisdom. You stop getting understanding because you already understand what you're doing. (laughs) How are you going to grow? 
And so as a church, we should long to grow. We should long to learn. We should long to get out of tradition and let the Spirit roll. (laughs) And let Him guide us and lead us. Even if it's uncomfortable, remember what I said, Jesus will lead you into uncomfortable things, but He will be with you. He will guide you. Paul said this to the church in Colossae. He said, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according, listen to this, according to the tradition of men. According to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. So Paul is telling the church, Beware according to the traditions of men. Beware of them. Don't let anyone cheat you, because that's exactly what takes place. Tradition robs you from the new things that God are doing. That's what happens. It cheats you. And I don't like to be cheated. Do you like to be cheated? No. God is always moving forward. He has not stopped. And we see that with Jesus. He kept moving forward. Yes, she was a woman. Yes, she was a woman from Samaria, but he was still communicating to her. He was breaking tradition. And if you're stuck in tradition this morning, how will God be able to do a new thing in your life? Be open to God. Be open to the Lord leading you, moving. The verse that has ministered to my heart in the past three years because it's so easy to do what we've always done. That's comfortable. But God has given me this verse. This is my verse. But I'll share it with you guys. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness. What? A river's in the desert. What is God saying? He's saying, behold, I want to do something new. I want to pave the road, man, where there is no road. I want to bring water where there is no water. But that's not comfortable. I'm good with my tradition. Man, if that's the heart, I say, get behind me, Satan, man. Because that is hindering what God wants to do, and it's through the people of God. And you are the people of God. You're the people of God if you believe in Him. So maybe you're not the people of God. But if you are, He wants to do this. And if you're not, He still wants to do this, but He wants to begin that relationship with you first. Be open for the new thing that God has for you, guys. God's not done with you. God is not done with you. He's not done. He has a plan. He has a new thing for you. I truly believe that's why you're here today. I mean, you could be doing a a lot of different things today, but God has a message for you saying, I want to do a new thing in and through you. He wants to do that new thing in and through this church, and He is doing that new thing. Guys, there is water coming in where there has been dryness. There's a road being paved where there was no road, all because of the Lord. John 3.16, one of the most recognized verses in the Bible, reminds us that by believing in Jesus, God's only Son, we are set free from our sins and have gained eternity in heaven. 
God's love for us, His creation, caused Him to allow all the sin of the earth to be placed on the shoulders of His Son. Jesus then took the punishment for those sins, dying a painful death, just so that we wouldn't be separated from Him. Our prayer is that as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, you will grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus. If you've been touched by this series or you'd like to know more about Jesus, please give us a call at 520-723-7047. We'd love to share the freedom you can have with a personal relationship with Jesus. That number again is 520-723-7047. You can also connect with us by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com where you'll also discover more about this ministry and find resources to enhance your study of God's Word. If, like many, social media is part of your everyday life, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We also have a YouTube channel where you'll find many videos of past messages from Pastor Eric's verse-by-verse study of the Bible. Find all this and more at our website, gracetothehearers.com. With that, our time has come to a close today. Pastor Eric will return soon with his continuing verse-by-verse study in the book of John right here on Grace to the Hearers.